This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! Five out of the door! With your host, Mark Martinez. Because I'm the Mark. And I'm awesome! The Guru. Today I'm going to break it down for all you simpleton sweat hogs listening out there in Can Crusher Nation. I don't mean to come out here week after week and toot my own horn, but toot, toot. And the English professor. It is I, the English professor from the County of Kings, speaking the English of the Queen. Hey, this is former WWE superstar Duke, the Dumpster Drossy, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. And welcome back to another Can Crushers in studio with me, the host, Mr. Mark Martinez, is the glorious one, Chad. The, oh, I forgot Guru. See, Guru. I told glorious you. Guru. Damn it. At least you did yourself. And away in his hovel, in his luxurious office, is the English professor, Mr. John Padlano. How are you? I'm doing all right. This was a fairly decent week in pro wrestling. Definitely some ups and downs. Yeah, before we get to pro wrestling, um, on a whole, though, uh, how's everybody? How, how's everybody? Just, I, I'm going to vent a little bit, and I'll let you guys go first. I, I'm, if we're going to stay away from wrestling, then I'll, I'll hold my peace till we talk about our uh, downer of the week. Okay, I know you're downer. Johnny? Yeah. No, I'm well. I am okay. And I hope the same for you, Chad and Mark. I have And met- listeners. And listeners, and listeners as well, I hope you guys, guys, I've had a horrible week, absolutely horrible week. Um, you guys have all known, uh, if you're close to me, that I kind of haven't been at work for a while. Uh, Chad walked in the door. I, I've just, I, I've been in a funk. I really have. And I, I always want to tell you guys I'm transparent. And I think this is part of it that I need to come on and say I can't be all happy and bubbly all the time on this show. I love doing the show. Um, 20 minutes before Chad got here, I just got done crying for no apparent reason. Um, just a rough day. Apparently, my wife told me I woke up this morning, 7.30, and kind of spewed some stuff, and then, uh, grabbed her and went back to sleep for a while after another crying fit. It, it just, I, uh, taking the time for myself, and it's, it's coming around, but it's really not coming around fast enough, um... Uh, guys, I don't know. Listeners, Chad and John know some of this. Um, I I don't know where this is coming from. I, I've hit a hole, and I'm in it. And I, I, I'm trying to climb myself back out of it. And this week, this is this is my horrible segue. And this week didn't help um, because of what happened. And we'll get to the in-ring stuff, but uh, right off the bat... Uh, we find out that, uh, Road Warrior Animal, at the age of 60, passed away, and, John, I'm gonna come to you first, because Chad's got a lot to say. Chad's in a hole as well with me this week. Um, you, you knock on the Road Warriors, how there was 20, 20,000 teams better than them, and you can still continue to list them and everything. (laughs) Uh, you could still have a list going, I don't know, we, I just muted you once in a while, but, uh... 
far too soon as a human being. Um, far yeah. too soon. Uh, I'll I'll talk about mine, then let you go, and then Shadow go. We we met him last year at Wrestlecade, and uh, we got an opportunity to take a picture with him. And when I put the the shoulder pads on, he knocked my hat off, and he's like, "You don't take a picture with shoulder pads on with a hat on." <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, he's a great guy. He is actually uh, keep it can crusher wise. He was in the back seat or driving. I'm not sure. Um, Manny really never told us when we're having the Manny Fernandez uh, spotlight, John. What a year and a half ago. They were riding together. So once in a while, you might have heard some words that it could have been Animal, because Manny has confirmed it with us. You know, he's like, yeah, Animal was in the car with me. He even says it on the on the podcast and everything. So still very in tune with wrestling. He's come to Imagine, which is in Altoona, Pennsylvania, to do a training session with them. Um, just, just an all-around great guy. And now... I'm going to revert to this. I'm really bummed that Retromania really, and I love them, but shit the bed on getting this game out because he was a huge advocate for this game between him and Nick Aldis, you know, going to bat for this game and it's not out yet. Animal now will not be able to see the return to a video game for him. And I know people are like, well, you know, that's probably the least of his thing, but it's cool. It's something that, you know, boom, him and Hawk are back in the game again, the Doomsday devices on it stuff like that so it was a hard day it really was a hard day when i saw that he passed and this i get stuck in a rabbit hole and i read everybody's comment i read flares and the rocks and you know i'm on twitter just reading what everybody has to say independent people that had a five minute you know conversation with them said he's changed their life and I just, my thoughts and prayers, and I'm sure you guys will echo this too, but I'll let you guys say your own words. My thoughts and prayers go out to the Laurenitis family. Um, too soon, Animal. And uh, what a rush. <laughs> uh, outside of wrestling, all the things you said, Mark, decent human being. Um, I saw a video, my brother sent me a video, which I had seen a while back, of um, Road Warrior Animal. Joe Laurinaitis at uh, his son's football games. His son played for the Rams. Um, really, really good guy. Super proud of, of his whole family. Um, 60 years old is young, and this was a shocker because I didn't know he had any health problems. Um, this video, which I was, uh, which I just mentioned, shows him pumping iron with his son. He looked to be in great shape. So I'm not sure exactly, you know, what happened, but uh, it's certainly too soon. Um, standpoint of wrestling, you guys know, listeners, you know, were they my favorite? Not by a long shot. Uh, but when we talk about the greatest of all time, singles, tag team, whatever, how do we measure that? Do we measure that by the money they drew, by the belts they won? There's that argument. Well, the Road Warriors covered both of those arguments. They drew everywhere they went. They won belts everywhere they went. They were believable. Um, just not another team like them. Not another team like them. Uh, they continued to reinvent themselves, guys. You look at some of the early pictures of the Road Warriors versus the later pictures. True to themselves, but continued to reinvent themselves. Um, Chad, go ahead. Uh, I... 
I woke up that morning and one of the first things I do till I, you know, kind of, my head gets kind of cleared, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll scan on the phone and I seen that come up and I texted Mark and I said, fucking GD and everything. And he's like, what? And I was like, animal died. Um, this, you know, we, we see these wrestlers and there's been a lot that have passed on, you know, uh, Savage, Owen, Pillman, anybody you can think of, but meeting him and, you know, talking to him last year and I made a comment to him. I said, what's up with this shit of your kid going to Ohio state? And he was like, he said, uh, you you can't account for taste, which I thought to be hilarious. And then I said, "Hey, I said, how about a how about a little message for my little boy?" This was awesome, and made sure I had him in focus. And he did a personalized message to Vinny, and said, "You know, be good for dad, or I'm gonna get Santa Claus and beat him up." <laughs> And uh, I showed that to Vinny when I got home, and he laughed. Uh, this, this fucking sucks. Um, Sixty years old. He uh, he wasn't into the drugs. He wasn't into the steroids like Hawk was. Nothing, not belittling Hawk, but it was obviously known. Um, and. He laid down to take a nap and passed away in his sleep. Um, I mean, uh, you say if, you, if you're going to go, that's the way you want to go. You want to go in your sleep or whatever. But I, this one brought me to fucking tears. Um, and it's just because he was a good guy, because he did so much for the business. And like Mark, Brett, and I'm sure, John, you've seen the quotes and tweets and whatever everybody's put out. The single next to what Paul Ellering said about him being the 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 leader, the engine of the Legion of Doom, the best tweet was by FTR. Short and sweet, he just said, without you, there was no road. True. And anybody knows exactly what he was talking about. Without the road warriors, they they paved the road overseas for tag teams, for American tag teams. Um, they were a tag team that didn't need the titles, but they got a run or two wherever they went. And I guess the biggest thing respect-wise, uh, just two quick things here, uh, the biggest thing respect-wise I'll, I'll remember with them is when they got their first world tag team title in the AWA, they beat um, Crusher and I believe it was Baron Von Raschke. And for two new guys, for those old-timers to drop the titles to those guys was a huge thing back then. Um, it just didn't it didn't really happen. And, you know, is there really, honestly, any better pop than Road Warrior pop? 
when they're when Iron Maiden hit, uh, there just wasn't any bigger pop. And I'll always remember if it, Jim Cornette talked about it and on other podcasts and stuff, and said that uh, they were in Philadelphia going against the Midnight Express, the Eaton and Condry version, and they hear the pop. And when they start coming down to midnight, and Jim get out of the ring, and Condry turns to him, and he was like. We're gonna get the fuck beat out of us tonight, <laughs> and, they, and they did that. And they got lot. the shit beat out of them, and they did that a lot. But it, it's this is a sad loss. Um, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers out to the uh, to the family and that. Um, and there, there's often duplicated. There's there's never gonna be anybody like them again. I, I agree. I agree. So, guys, I say we all have a beer in front of us. Uh, they're already open, but at least we raise one up for Road Warrior Animal, guys. Cheers, Animal. Cheers to the Road Warrior Animal. Um, I got one. I got one, one more. One. No, this is this is one thing I want to say. And this after the animal thing, while it's fresh in uh, mind, and I talked to Mark about this earlier this week. Big time wrestling. Out of Altoona. Well, it's not out of Altoona. It's out of like Massachusetts. They come Massachusetts. They come come have a lot of shows in Altoona. In that, um, I'm going to say this: fuck you guys, because you guys are on the fucking net hawking animal stuff by six o'clock in the evening. And when somebody questions it, and it was me among others, question it, isn't this a bit soon? You tell us, we have the right to because we booked him. Fuck you guys. You're not getting another cent of my business. Ever. And I don't give a shit who you bring in. To spin this, now, I'll give props to Al Snow and his boys at Collar and Elbow. They, uh, they've made a shirt proceeds are going to the Laurinaitis family. Um, so, again, this is, is if you're ordering that um, and that alone, um, I ask you not to use our promo code. I, I really do. Don't use the promo code. You know, uh, if you can't take 10%, you know, if you can't sparingly give that extra 10% to the Laurinaitis family, whatever, but... uh it's a sweet shirt, too. Uh, I already posted on Facebook. It's out there. So go ahead and look at that. But, uh, John, you, you said Al Snow pinpointed this shirt again, right? Yeah. I, you know, when I read an article that said that the Laurinaitis family hooked up with Al Snow and they were going to make a shirt that said, Rest in Peace Animal, I thought, well, is that really the way to go? I wanted to see something, like, really badass. And I didn't see a picture of it. It just said that it was going to say R.I.P. Animal. And I, I didn't really. I doubted it. I doubted it was going to be. I doubted that it was going to be a great shirt. And then you sent me a picture of you before you posted a link anywhere. You sent it to me, and I was like, "This is sweet. This is awesome. It's still badass. It's just rest in peace, animal. But it is still a badass shirt." Um, and that's what I said to you, Mark. Al Snow's got his finger on something. He, he maybe needed to do the wrestling with the first part of his life, but clothing. May have been his calling. I agree. Uh, I see you got Macho Man on tonight. Yep. I, I have yep. the old uh, normal collar and elbow. Chad, whatever. Um, 
<laughs> same day, same day. Don't want to. Uh, we're we're a wrestling podcast, guys, but we also touch on all sports. Uh, same day as Animal passed, an NFL legend. You know, somebody that was part of the hundredth anniversary team, two time rushing leader, comeback player, four uh, Pro Bowls, first team All American. Da 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 da. In um, sixty five to seventy one. He played for the Bears, and it was Gale Sayers. Uh, he took time off to go go to war. He had some injuries. He came back. Um, this guy, from what I mean, I wasn't alive, but of course, you know, as your sports fan, you go back and you watch. This guy was Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders was Barry Sanders. He moved um, better than Sweetness. That was actually Walter Payton on the Chicago Bears. This guy was just it. Uh, he, he could have been, he would, he could have been short in career injuries and everything, but he, he could have been in, you see that he was recognized by the NFL as part of the hundredth anniversary team, 75th anniversary <coughs> team, decade player. Um, I said this in what Roberto Clemente is to Pittsburgh, Gail Sayers is to Chicago. You know, Roberto Clemente does, you can't, not even being a Pittsburgh fan, I can't say anything bad about him. He just did so much for that town, city, whatever. Uh, Gail Sayers did the same thing for Chicago. And, again, uh, just battling and, and just, just passed. Um, so, uh, rest rest in peace and thoughts and prayers about the, the Sayers family as well. Let's hop this up. Yeah. Let's get some good shit in here. Let's pick on John. Is he yeah. is he wearing his billy pants tonight again? I don't know. <laughs> if you want to see, they're they're uh, black and white checkered uh, jammy bottoms this time. Ah. So our boy, uh, we're jumping right into the watch, watch along, and there's one gnat in the studio that's pissing me off. I don't know if you see it. It's just flying around every once in a while, and i got to get it. Um, our boy, and I... Alex Olkowetsky, Olowajinski, or Alex. Our boy Alex writes to us and says, Hey, can you guys watch March 6, 1995, Raw? And we're like, hell yeah! Let's go! So we're going to start with Raw, and right off the bat, I'm going to be John. I'm going to be John this week. Memory. Memory is great with me, right? You both know that. I forgot Raw was only an hour. For a long, I'm like, why the fuck is this only 47 minutes? Now, I knew back then it wasn't an, a marathon eight hours, which we have to watch nowadays. With an hour pre-show. With an hour pre-show. But I'm like, this is so, this, it's on a network for only 47 minutes. Did they cut it? And John's like, no, you jackass. That wasn't raw. It was only an hour. And but did you have to help John find it on the network? He actually watched it before I did, so no. Holy shit. Thank you. Thank the, the, you. Yep. Hell's freezing over. It, I told you, it's been a bad week. <laughs> um... First of all, I'm going to start off with all the generic stuff that I like. I love the old opening better than anything they have now. I love that. I love yep. that. It's probably nostalgia because we're three old bastards that just don't like change. But I love that. And I loved having Vince and Cornette on commentary. It was fun. It was fun. That's just my... It was a, it was a blast. It really was. Before we dissect it... I am sure you guys will agree, Chad and Mark, and probably a lot of our listeners, 47 minutes was more fun and more action-packed excitement than three hours uh, that we see now. And we'll get to the, oh. the stinker that was the three hours this week. 
But in 47 minutes, we saw so much more action, storytelling, all of it. I Yeah. Uh, if you go, John, you might remember because, you know, Mark can't remember shit. For the couple of weeks that we sat and actually timed, like, in-ring wrestling for the three yep, hours, yeah. it wasn't it even less, oh, yeah. way less than that. It was in, like, the 30-some minutes. In three oh, yeah. hours. I'm t- if you count bell to bell, Michael's music hitting, the Bulldogs music hitting, that opening segment, that opening match may have been more wrestling action than you'll see in, in the three hours of this that week's we'll Raw. discuss later. Yeah. For this week's Raw. Honest which, to God. Which we're going to spend less than five minutes on. It's not even going to be yep. opening a beer. So if you're waiting for anything on this week's Raw, thanks for listening this week. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> so HBK against uh, the British Bulldog. HBK comes out with Sid. Did everybody see who the, the referee was? A young... Was it Kyoto? Yeah, mullet-wearing Kyoto. Looking great. Yep. Um, again, I said in these... Uh, I forgot Raw was only an hour. Bulldog was so thick. Like, I... Again, I, he was always big built to me, but I, he was so thick at this time, chest wise. The barrel, yeah, he had, he was. This is when he had the barrel chest, yeah, so to speak, beefy. Um, Sid gets involved. You know, this is setting up for the WrestleMania thirteen. Is that where we're at? Thirteen, eleven, eleven. All right, uh, match with uh, Diesel. Um, this was a solid match. Uh, I I knew. Once they started pumping what the match was, and I knew who was going to win, but I was still on the edge of my seat thinking, holy Christ, this is a great match. Yeah, there was a lot of story behind this, too, that the commentary helped as well. Jim Cornette said that the week before we saw Diesel against Jeff Jarrett, so Diesel was preparing for a smaller opponent that was maybe a little more technical, a little tenacious, could maybe do some flying stuff. So that's getting him ready for Shawn Michaels. Now, this week we're seeing Shawn Michaels getting ready by wrestling a much bigger opponent, stronger opponent, a powerhouse in the British Bulldog. So these guys are scouting each other. They're probably watching tape. God damn it, they made me believe I was watching wrestling. Can you believe that? Um, Royal Rumble, this was the year Bulldog and Michaels started and ended. They were one and two, and they were the last two men in. And we, everyone watching... uh, thought that Bulldog won. You know, Chad, you have said, Cornette has said that that he would love to talk shit about Michaels, but he just can't. He's the greatest. Oh, he, Bulldog hit Michaels. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, he fucking, Sean is, Sean is a wrestler. You, you cannot, uh, well, I mean, you can to a certain degree. He's a great wrestler. As a person, yep. as his career, he was a, Douchebag. He was a cock blower. Sorry, Colin Maines hates us for that. For just shitting on our buddy Noodle. Hates us as much as we shit on Shawn Michaels. And it's like every week we shit on him about something. Because that's his boy toy. That's really Colin's boy toy. So, sorry, Noodle. He deserves it. Right. <laughs> in, in, the, in the days before Casey Catanzaro and, and the one guy from the New Day would like... Um, Kofi. Kofi. Was it Woods? No, Kofi. Kofi lands on the railing, lands on the roof, whatever. 
this was ahead of its time. Everybody thought Michaels was eliminated. He took a clothesline, flipped all the way over, somehow didn't hit the floor, pulled himself back in, uh, and then dumped the Bulldog out. So there was that history. They had a 20-man battle royal. Bulldog won that one. So now this is the one-on-one. Great match. It had everything. It had some high-flying, some power. You know, the spot with Michaels maybe trying to do a short-arm scissor and Bulldog powers powers out of it with one arm. Good stuff. And you get some controversy at the end with Sid getting involved. Yeah, it, another great match. Bulldog, uh, I, I don't want to say vastly underrated, but I don't think he was given the credit for being the technical wrestler that he was because he was so big and he was such a powerhouse. Michaels, uh, you know, you got to give the devil his due. He's He was damn good. This was something that, I know you fuckers are listening to us. <laughs> Do shit like this. Have matches that are competitive that make sense between guys other than the fucking Lucha House Party oh, we'll and Ricochet. That. We'll get there. We'll get there. Well, one last thing I want to say about this match. Bulldog was a little lost at this point. I don't know if he had begun teaming with Luger quite yet as the Allied Powers. Uh, maybe he had. Nevertheless, he wasn't in a huge storyline at this point, but he could always be depended on to deliver a great match. You need 20 minutes, you need a good match, put the Bulldog in there, and he'll deliver. Next thing I want to bring up is, uh, I forgot Bam Bam Bigelow did um, Slim Jim commercials. Not as good as Macho Man, but... Not even close. Yeah, I I just forgot that. Stupid. Um... Todd Pettengill was there doing a recap of the press conference. Why did they give so much time to this press conference? I know it was about mania, but my God, Todd Pettengill and his, his mullet looked worse than Kyoto's. My God. Did we all dress like that in the nineties? No. I, I didn't. No, I no. They, well, this was the Lawrence Taylor, you bam, know, big low build up. And it, honestly, that wasn't a bad match. Although Taylor got it wasn't bad. What what could you expect for them? Other than Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone, maybe? No, shut no. the hell up. Ah, uh, but you know Bigelow, the guy that he was, he carried him. It it, it was man. But what I take out of this press conference was what was funny about it was when LT kissed him on the forehead and called him honey. And it's just like he fucking broke up just wanting to be pissed at him and everything. And it was just one of those things. It's like that son of a bitch. That's and you had to, you had to laugh at him. And Bigelow said afterwards, it took all that he had to not bust out laughing when he did it. Yeah. God rest Todd his soul. Pettengill, too. Todd Pettengill talked about everybody that was there. Uh, he mentioned the Howard Stern show, which is funny that he mentioned them because Howard Stern. Uh, trolled him. I mean, the press was asking, how do you prepare? You've been in the NFL, but you've never wrestled. What's your regimen? And I won't get into the stuff the Howard Stern show was asking, because it was it was Howard Stern. It was offensive. It was great Howard Stern then. Not whatever he's doing now or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Next match is Bob Backlund against Buck Quarterman. Um, the fan, this was the, this was the Opie time of calling him Opie, and he snaps. Um, we knew Buck Quarterman didn't have a shot and shit of winning this, right. 
But I was all right with it. I, I love, this is the time that I loved. I, I hate using, after talking to Horowitz and the, the Killer Bees and all those guys, I hate the word, yeah. I, I hate the word jobber anymore. I really do. I, I'll pay respect because whatever. But I, I, Buck Quarterman did what he had to do. He, he put on a good match with fucking Bob Backlund. He did put on a good match. And there were, again, there was never a point we thought he was going to win. It's not like that Shawn Michaels story that he tells where DiBiase was breaking him in and said, I'm going to give you three pins. And they were so believable. The fans thought there was going to be an upset that Shawn Michaels was going to beat a young, young Shawn Michaels was going to beat Ted DiBiase. I never thought for a second Buck Quarterman was going to beat Bob Backlund. But he had his moments in the match. But they told the story that Backlund just has the pedigree, the experience, the athleticism. He was world's better. Toyed with the guy until it was time to put him away. Uh, Backlund in the chicken wing. Was there yep. anybody that has ever made that move or anything close to that look that devastating? John's pretty good at it. John is pretty good at it. <laughs> he's well, I mean, it. when he's putting it on it, a stuffed fucking teddy bear, that's one thing, but... No, he's done it. His at, Hulk Hogan doll. No, he's done it at school a couple times too. Oh, was this when he threw you off the bleachers? Mm-mm. It wasn't. That was uh, a scaffold. Uh, that was just a scaffold match that you uh, know we just beat the shit out of each other. Go ahead, John. The, you know, uh, uh, there was a point where I would, I don't know, guys would sneak up behind girls and and snap a bra, or grab an ass, which is horrible. I, children are not doing that as much these days and I'm glad to know that that my kids don't do that I didn't do that I stuck up behind girls and got them in the chicken wing I mean full on body scissor chicken wing <laughs> in the hallway they're screaming in pain I deserved my ass kicked so badly you had a posse with you all the time anyway so yeah. you, hey, you guys would make a circle around us so nobody could break it up right <laughs> the hell was wrong with us you were, anyway, this was, uh, go ahead. We're lucky we made it out of there with one with an education or a live. Right. This was leading up to Bob Backlund against Bret Hart in a submission match. Yeah. Next week. So. WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. But they were meeting next week. Never mind. They were meeting next week. All right. Uh, final match of the night is Stephen Dunn with Harvey Whippleman. Um, I lo- I've always been a huge Harvey Whippleman fan. Uh, he just rubs you the wrong way, and that's why. And taking on the OG Can Crusher. We have not talked about a Duke the Dumpster Drossy match I think on this show in the two and a half years that we've been out there. Um, and the downfall is, we don't get a lot to talk about on this match because there was no storytelling. This match was to have Jerry Lawler call in and just bitch about Bret Hart, and this, that, and the other thing as well. Um, but we've spoken with Doke, Doke. We've spoken with Duke as well, and uh, he's a great guy. He really is. And he's kind of got his own podcast going now. Uh, I forget what the hell the name of it. Maybe Talking Trash with Duke or something like that. Give it a listen. Um, this is a good match. This, this was a good match because I was excited yeah. that Duke did. I didn't know this card at all. I saw the thumbnail, so I knew it was Sean against British Bulldog. I didn't know what else we were going to get. And when I saw that it was going to be Duke the Dumpster, man, this was good. Uh, I loved it. 
It was a good match. Duke was good, right? Yeah. I mean, he had some good power moves. He could move for a big guy. This was an enjoyable match. Um, I liked Well Done as a team. They they were Midnight Express-ish. Ish. Ish. Um, ish, yeah. But this was probably well after that ship had sailed, and I guess he was with Harvey Whippleman. Uh, true story about Harvey Whippleman. The couple of times I went to Raw with, uh, I don't know if I should say this on the air, but when I went to Raw with Billy, my buddy Billy Mark, um, he got his tickets from Harvey Wimpleman. Yeah. Harvey's, I guess, is from Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, and, yeah, he knows Billy's family. So when Billy expressed he wanted to go to Raw, Harvey Wimpleman hooked us up. I met Harvey at the very first time that I met uh, Shane Douglas and Mick Foley at that Indiana show. Harvey Wimpleman was... Um, manager slash ref at the same show. You know, he would manage, I don't remember who the hell he managed, but he also refed a couple times. Um, and he was fun. He, he was really, uh, fan oriented. I don't know what the hell is going on. It, it's Miami against Florida State again here tonight in the studio, and Chad's just flexing like Bobby Sit Lyons. your ass down, bitch. And this is what gets us in trouble. I guess something good happened. That. <laughs> um, you have anything to say about Duke? It was this was a good match. This was better than better than I thought it was going to be. Um, before we go off of that, something you mentioned, uh, Jerry Lawler calling in and bitching and setting up. Uh, happy anniversary to Jerry Lawler. Um, celebration tonight, fifty years in the wrestling business. Huh. Fifty wow. years. Um, they're having a big card. It actually started about. I guess, well, it was last night. It started, it started <laughs> last night ago. It started last night. Uh, no, y'all know what the hell our taping yeah. is here and everything. It started about an hour and a half ago. There was a lot of guys, uh, huge names, huge names flying in for it. Um, it's supposed to be on Fight TV, the wrestling part of it. And the main event is uh, Jerry the main Lawler. There? Not that main oh. event. The main event is uh, Jerry Lawler in Rock and Roll Express, and I can't remember who they're going against, but it's just another rivalry from back then. Um, wow. Jerry Lawler's one of, one of his quotes uh, or tweet this week talking about passing of animal. He said it's, it's going to put a damper on it because animal was one of two or three people that he was really looking forward to seeing because he hadn't seen him in years. But they were playing in a tribute uh, to Animal at this event. But happy anniversary to Lawler, you perverted old bastard. And, yeah. you know, may, may when you go to, uh, when you make it to Wrestling Heaven, eventually you'll have uh, 70, 70, 70 sets of puppies there waiting for you, virgin puppies. God, that, uh, that that's where Vince, we that's where we cross the line tonight, right there. Vince has said that. Uh, well, Jerry Lawler said the biggest compliment Vince McMahon paid him was telling him he has literally done everything there is to do in the business: owner, promoter, wrestler, manager, commentator, uh, whatever. He he has done it all, top to bottom. Fifty years. That's that's impressive. Congratulations, Jerry Lawler. And we end 
Monday Night Raw, March 6, 1995, with the detectives looking for Yokozuna that had been missing for a while. It was Paul Bear and Fuji sitting in there. Paul Bear was dressed as a woman. I, I, I really. It's an ugly woman. It, it, it goes dark. Fuji turns into wearing the dress, and they take Fuji off under arrest. Uh, yeah, I don't. I forgot what the hell happened. I about didn't get that. that point. Yeah, but uh, go ahead. There, there, there are a few important things to mention uh, uh, from the course of this show. The biggest one is I don't know if you guys picked up on it, Chad. Especially you. Did you pick up on the line Cornette dropped during the show? It was the bucket of chicken strapped to your back riding a motorcycle through Ethiopia. Yep. Whatever the hell he said yep. that got him fired from the NWA. Now he quit. He said it on this episode of Raw. Yep, this was a this same, was a same joke. This nobody was, cared. No. No. I guess not. No, it didn't didn't cause any issues back then. Um, or the other 500 the other times that he said it before the MWA one. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to mention is, I know it's entertainment, but sometimes art copies life. They've always said Vince was never a wrestling fan, right? He was in the entertainment business, Didn't doesn't really love wrestling. Every And I know it's within the storyline, but if you notice, everybody's pulling for Bam Bam Bigelow. Except Vince McMahon. Like, why would you be pulling for an outsider to come in and embarrass one of your wrestlers? You know, Cornette's, you know, he doesn't stand a chance. Bigelow's got all this experience. Whoa, 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 I don't know about that. Bigelow, or, you know, LT is going to do great. So he spent his time rooting for LT. So that that's kind of, in my opinion, art imitating life. And then the final thing I want to mention is when Waller called in, uh... I've heard Cornette say one of the things that drove Vince crazy was when he was surrounded by Lawler and Cornette because Vince is one of the no- northernmost people in the world and it drove him nuts to be surrounded by the two most southern people in the world. Yep. <laughs> so, I remember reading that, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, fun show. Really fun episode. I like how it ends with the highlights, too. They uh, threw the highlights at the end real quick. Uh, little things like that is a, is a great show. It really is. So all right, let's give it let's give it some beers. What do we think on that forty seven minute show? And we can't compare it to anything uh, now, so we have to just compare it to back then. Okay. One other quick thing: Yokozuna was missing. He showed up at WrestleMania, then as Owen Hart's mystery partner. So that's that that was uh, you know alluding to Yokozuna. Uh, six top to bottom. This was a fun show. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree on that. I, yep. You got six across the board. Hey, Alex, thanks for sending us uh, this one. We we really loved it. Um, let's do another one um, soon. Uh, send us another one, Alex, if you want to. We'll talk about them. You've sent two so far, and they've really kicked ass. So you keep feeding us. We'll keep smacking them out of the ballpark. Next week, I'm going to let you guys know already, I have my copy of PWI 500 in-hand copy um, here. Uh, we're going to talk about the PWI. 500 next week, uh, so we're not going to do Watch Along or whatever the hell we're calling these. Um, So we're going to talk about the PW500 and what's going on, and hopefully there's not a football game on, so Chad is actually engulfed in the conversation. But... PWI500, Paul Heyman's number one, right? Yeah, Paul Heyman's number one. Uh, 
Guys, Collar and Elbow, we talked about it earlier. Uh, you go on, you buy some shirts from CollarandElbow.com. Uh, you can use the promo code CANCRUSHERS, all one word, capital C and CAN, capital C and CRUSHERS, um, and, and buy the animal shirt. Uh, we, we've pumped up Al Snow, so here comes Al. When we come back, we're going to talk about Wednesday nights, and then we're going to talk about SmackDown, and we're going to mention the word raw. That's probably about it. That's really about it. So we'll be back. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Hey there, this is Kaya McKenna, the conduit of karma, and you're listening to the Can Crushers podcast. Welcome back to Can Crushers, listeners. It is I, the English professor, joined by the host, Mark Martinez, and Chad, the glorious guru. See, I got it right. That was yeah, a beautiful yeah, introduction. Yeah. Chad, maybe, the glorious guru. Maybe you should start this program and just let Mark come in every so often. That'd be fine. That, <laughs> yeah, I'd finally pull your worth. That would be great. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. All right. Uh, John, what's on the Wednesday, docket? Yeah, right? Wednesday Night War. Let's, um, Wednesday Night War, NXT and AEW. Let I feel like complaining a little more because we I I just we, we talked about Raw which I the old Raw from '95 which I loved so much I feel like bitching a little bit so let's start with AEW because didn't love it didn't love it hmm. okay uh, right, well then I liked it didn't love it take the lead then take the lead the opening tag team match with Skip Zip yeah. It, this is yeah, where his bitch is going to come. Goddamn mess, you guys. This <laughs> was a mess. Miro and Kip Sabian versus Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. Time out. Don't you fucking right. say it. I will stab you with this bottle if you say what it's I a think. Bottle. You're I don't care. They they have copyrighted or have gotten the, the Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela are now going to be known as the new new Midnight Express. Because these two have been shit on so hard by Cornette, and I love that they're taking a jab back. I, now, you both are both pissed. I love now it. With, they're horrible. Uh, they're horrible. Now, but, with the updated to that, you know, nut and butter and jelly were served with a cease and desist order, they cannot use the Midnight Express. So they're just going to be good. the new, new. Like Gary Gnu. All right, get, that's enough. <laughs> I knew I was waiting for. Oh, you fuck God! I was waiting for today to bring that up. You know how you you text me shit like six weeks in advance that you have something to bring up in six weeks. 
I couldn't wait once I saw this, and I'm like, yes, I can't, because I knew it would grind somebody's gears, but I didn't think it was going to piss off you as much as Chad, because you both made the same disgusting vomit in the back of your throat look, so I loved it, good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was, it was vomit in the back of my throat, yeah, that's terrible, Rose and Condry and... Conjury and Eaton and Eaton and Lane, those were three amazing teams. And now the, Kit, these Kit guys. And Janella, yeah. No. They, you know, they I are hope... not in the same profession. All right. All right. We're off with that. The only good thing about this match, all I'll say is Penelope Ford was out there. And that's Next. it. Yeah. What, was Miro really hurt? Was it a work? I don't know. He was supposed to catch someone and didn't catch him. I am so sick and tired of the blind tags. I am tired of the tags under the ropes. I'm tired of the tags once they're in the ring. It's like they, they've had a complete mental lapse and forgot the tag. Oh, okay, we'll tag now. Guys, you are trying to compete with the WWE. You have to do better. I hated this match. I'm trying to give Sonny Kiss every possible chance. I, I can't stand the guy. I Sorry. I hated this match. I didn't know who they're trying to push in this match. I really... Are they trying to push Janela and Kiss? Uh, is Sabian and Rusev or Miro supposed to be the next big thing? Nobody, nobody had an idea who was going to win this match. I think the four performers didn't either. Yeah, this this sucked. This sucked. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Eddie, <laughs> Eddie Kingston comes out, and he's getting his title shot tonight. Something because um, Archer didn't want to come to the show, or he, he because it was supposed to be that six-man match he, that we were excited about. He was in con- got in contact with somebody that was diagnosed with the uh, coronavirus. coronavirus. Oh. And that's why, as a precaution, his... his Initial two tests that they did came back negative, but as a precaution, because it was within a couple of days, he was like, let me back out of this, and that's why he didn't come on. I was excited for this anyway. Kingston gave, gave another nice promo. Um, yeah. Come on out here, sports entertainer. I love Eddie Kingston. I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Hangman Page against Evil Uno. Kenny's on commentary. Um, this was a great match. I, I, you know that I like the Dark Order. Now, you know that I'm actually, I, I think Evil Uno is getting better. Hangman, I love. Uh, man crush on him. This was a good match until the ref spot twice. And then I'm like, all right, that's it. You, you've just, you got knocked down probably like two points on the system. I, I don't need a, a ref spot twice. Yeah, whatever. I'm done. I I agree. Um, the only thing I'll say again, Evil Uno is very good. He really is. Hangman Page is great. Um, this told the same story that we've been hearing. I needed something. I needed something new added to this. So while while. Um, Page is, or I'm sorry, not Page, but uh, Omega's doing commentary. We're still not really sure what's going on. We've seen that. We've heard that. I needed this story to take the next step. I needed it to tell me something new. 
It didn't. Fine match, as those two guys can put on. Um, but it didn't tell me anything new in the Omega Page saga. Uh, this All this gave me was more reinforcement that Kenny Omega's the biggest pussy in wrestling. And I'll just like... And that was just him being on commentary? And that was just him being on commentary. It's like, as soon as I heard, I was like, oh, that's a pussy Kenny Omega. (laughs) That that was it. Uh, I I don't like the guy. I don't like anything about him except for when he's fucking off of TV. And, you know, I don't know, maybe stranded out in the fucking ocean or something. But, uh, yeah, just... I I cannot. You're you're gonna see me cry like a little fucking baby the day that Paige just beats the shit out of him for happiness, not sadness. For, no, yeah, for happiness. I hope he breaks a bat over his nuts. Jesus! Oh my God! I want this to be worse than when Jerry Lawler split or split Tommy Dreamer's twig and giggleberries with the fucking. Singapore cane. Literally 15 seconds ago, you said nuts. Now you have to say twig and giggleberries like we're a PG show. Well, I had to back off. Give you room to edit, you know, if you need to. There's no editing. Fuck editing anymore. (laughs) Um, Tony is talking to the Young Bucks, and they know that they're out of line. They did some backhanded sorries. Two questions sent to them about the FTR pisses them off, and they walk away. They take their ball and go home. Yeah, whatever. It's the Young Bucks. But it was a good segment. It, it yeah. established what it was supposed to. How many times have we seen the insincere apologies from guys we know are turning bad? So that that's what that served. And then when they were presented with a difficult question, they walked away. So they're not the good guys we think they are. It, you know, it was an okay segment. Didn't go on for too long. I thought it was all right. Yeah. I just like Kenny Omega. I hate the fucking Young Bucks. The Young Bucks, this is how unintimidating those little fucking 14-year-old balding high school little bastards are. You could put the Road Warriors in their prime as their bodyguards, and you still wouldn't give a shit about them. Because they're, as Fred Blassie used to, pencil-neck fucking geeks. Balding Buck and Road Warrior Buck. Like Cornette calls them. I I can't take anything they do seriously. References. You, you're hanging out with Cornette this week. Yeah, I, I, I love it when he rips them. Uh, next matchup is Orange Cassidy against Brody Lee for the TNT title. Uh, Brody Lee just ran rampant in this match. Uh, Cassidy had a couple cool moves. But the gist of this is we get a big return from a uh, dark-haired man. And he seems to have lost his mind a little bit. Cody. I enjoyed this a lot. Um, I think Orange Cassidy, yeah, he got his ass whipped, but uh, he had some, like you said, some moments, some believable moments. I maybe didn't think he was going to win. My 10-year-old son was holding out hope. He's a huge Orange Cassidy fan. Um, The match was very well balanced. We saw how dominant Brody Lee was. Uh, and then we see Orange Cassidy get his stuff in, and then we see Brody Lee win pretty decisively. Uh, but again, the big story here is what you said, Mark. Cody Rhodes coming back. 
and my son's a bigger mark than we ever were. Evidently, the color of somebody's hair means something. Oh, that was his hair color in the Bullet Club. I don't even know, but he knows. Yeah, this is, you know, I'll laugh and I'm going to side with your son on this one. When, you know, Cody's coming out, the blonde and everything and stuff like that, it's like, oh, great, he has to update himself or he has to do this. Not that necessarily going back to black hair is going back to his roots, but it's <laughs> rat- ah. <laughs> um, but he, it, it's back when Cody was Cody. It yeah. reminded me of when, a little bit of when he was in the WWE. Stardust? No, before that even. Oh. It just it just brought him back. It's like okay, this is Cody. I think the whole blonde hair thing was a tribute to his dad, and that, and I think he's just going kind of going back. But I'm still saying this is the turn for him and Dustin. This is where they're gonna make their turn. It's not gonna be much longer. Hardy comes out with private party. Uh... Just talk about somebody attacking him. He's blaming Jericho. Jericho comes out and says it wasn't him. Calling him an asshole. The whole inner circle comes out. Our boy, Sammy Guevara, is back. He's not injured anymore. Uh, I don't... I, it ends up we're going to have a match with Jericho and, I don't know, Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah... Isaiah Carell? I don't know what the hell Isaiah is. Because I don't like the private party. Um, yeah, that's what this ends up being. It's a little bit long of a segment, but and I wasn't quite sure where it was going. And ultimately, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Isaiah says while he's thankful he doesn't need these guys to talk for him or fight for him, he's going to do his own fighting, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it set up a match. A little bit long to set up a match. It didn't tell us a whole, whole lot. Well, two things happen. You set up in the match, you to bring Sammy back is essentially what happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what this was. It's just a a setup to further things. Uh, unfortunately for Sammy Guevara, on what this uh, Friday night, he was uh, taken out by a mascot at a baseball game. For real? Yes. I he didn't was see that. he was uh, speared by a mascot at a baseball game. And had to be helped off the field. Sammy. It's like, you know, he can't even... He, Sammy Guevara is like where everybody wants to go and live with him because he doesn't beat anybody. No, but... <laughs> nice. Uh, FDR and Tally come out, and they're going to give everybody the 20 minutes brush with greatness. I love this. The champs get to pick the match. If it goes 20 minutes, the champs get the win. Uh, they get the loss. SCU is going to be the first match. Then my boys, the best friends, come out and said, hey, they want it tonight. FTR says, sure. Ah, uh, never mind. We don't want it tonight. This was long. This, this, I thought, was long. It was a little long. I still, I enjoyed the segment for what it was. FTR made me believe that we were going to have a match right then and there. It's just such good, old-school, dickheadish, heelish work. Yeah, we're going to fight. You know what? We're not. Sorry. Uh, They got me, hook, line, and sinker. I love what Tully Blanchard and even Art Anderson have brought to AEW and the guys they manage. 
I was a little unclear on Tully's segment. Um, I don't know. He could have played that up more. If they don't beat us, then we were declared the winners. If they don't beat us within time limit, we're declared the winners. He just he said something like, "Then we get a win in our column or something." I'm like, what the hell is a, he trying to say? Yeah, he said it wrong. Good. Yeah, he, yeah, he meant yeah. he was supposed to say we get a, a a check mark or whatever in the win column, and he kind of kind of dicked it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. A little bit, little bit long on the segment, like you guys said. Um, Tully, uh, something that I still love about him, man, that son of a bitch can give a passionate promo when he goes. Still gives a passionate promo. And John, we got a new word to put into the dictionary. It was FTR and Tully were total dickerish. 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 Nice. All right, that's what it was. Dickerish. You have to look oh, that yeah. up. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, next matchup was Thunder Rosa and Sheeta against Diamante and Eva Lise. Thunder Rosa instantly paying homage to Road Warrior Animal. Man, that, that face paint looked great. Uh, Thunder Rosa, you guys haven't known that, you know, it, yeah, I, I'm ready. She can do no wrong in my book. Whatever she does, um, yep, let's go. Uh, I love Thunder Rosa. This match was great. This was a, this was a strong match between these four women. Um, the champions of that women's tournament that they had kind of had some of the, the first goings really taking it to the champs, but the champs find a way to win and show that they're strong. And, uh, I, I loved everything about this match. Probably favorite match of the night. Even over the main event. Yeah, this. Yep, I agree. This was the best match of the night. This was a win-win situation for AEW in that it didn't matter who won; it was the right call. If Evelise and Diamante win, they've beaten two world champions. It makes sense. They they just won a pretty prestigious tournament, and it creates more friction between the two women's champions. But if the women's champions win. It makes sense because they're two world champions. Um, bell to bell was just great stuff. Um, obviously, there was better teamwork from Diamante and Ivelisse. It seems like eventually Rosa and Sheeta got it together. They got jumped, I guess, like right before the match started, right around the time the match started, which shows you that Diamante and Ivelisse had a game plan. Rosa and Sheeta maybe didn't have quite the game plan. Um, this was this was really good. Easily the best match of the night. Good pacing, good storytelling, great action. Yeah, I can't say much that you guys haven't said about it. Great match. Um, the only thing I kind of noticed, and John brought this up, you know, you, you couldn't go wrong whichever way you went. But where I think this is going to uh, feed to is now the champs are going to be like, yeah, well, you know, I scored to win. You see who scored the thing, scored to win. I guess I'm better than you. Another match. And it's I'm all right with that. And all I have to say is super card. All this has gone on the record that he's talked to Billy Corrigan and he wants to work with, of all things, New Japan, especially MLW and Ring of Honor on a super card. I'm telling you it's coming, guys. That's going to be the next huge card. You've been tooting your horn for a while. So, toot toot, toot if it toot. comes. You can't say it yet. Because it's oh, it'll be here. here. 
It's It'll not, be here. All right. Uh, Jericho answers Isaiah Cassidy is his name because I actually wrote his name down this time. Then MJ, MJF comes out and says this is deplorable. MJF, thank you for coming on the show. You saved some of it. Yeah. Good segment between these guys. Just, we talked about this not that long ago where they were arguing over, do you want to be in the group? I don't know. Do you want me in? I don't know. Do you want to be in? And on and on. This was, a similar segment. They must have heard us talking about it and said, oh, the can crushers really like it. Let's do something similar again. They argued over who called whom a, lo- a loser and who they really meant. And, of course, they threw Tony Schiavone under the bus, which is great. I love Tony Schiavone, but it's great when that guy takes verbal abuse. Skivone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chad, anything? Yeah. Everything you can expect from these guys, you know, the two mouths on the mic. And you could hear when they were talking, they were saying about Tony Schiavone, you could hear the other commentators kind of chuckling in the background a little bit. So this was funny. Brings us to the main event of John Moxley against uh, Eddie Kingston. This was a fucking battle. This was nothing but a battle. I know they already have the match set up and whatever. This had me hook, line, and sinker. I thought, I thought... Eddie was going to win it. I really, I really thought Eddie was going to win it. My question is, why, why did we have to hear that he wore the black and gold because of Pillar of Heaven and whatever the hell Executioner was or Excalibur was saying? Stop. <laughs> I don't care. He, he wore black and yellow that night because he's a pillar, a pillar of heaven. What? What? Not one person cared. Probably nobody realized he said that until I wrote it in my notes because I was so pissed off. Because I was like, this is stupid. Um, I don't know what the fuck excrement was talking about. <laughs> nobody does. This was great. John? I, I love the way JR trolls him, though. It's, well, everybody knows that, Excalibur. Right. <laughs> yeah, he... I don't know. He mentioned stuff that... Uh, but he's a smart guy. Right, he's got his ear to the ground and, and knows a lot about the business. Yeah, um, this was a very physical match. The chops were the hardest I've ever seen, and we have talked about chops on this show. Those were absolutely vicious, especially Kingston's chops to Moxley were just vicious. Um, the strikes, the brawling, um, very very physical match. Very, very good fight. At the end, uh, Team Taz comes out, beats everybody up. Um, Hobbs and uh, tries to help. Then Darby comes out and helps, but the Kingston clan's too tough, and they stand over uh, the, the good guys. Um, I like this. I, I like the way it ended. I like that the, the bad guys had the moment at the end. Agreed. Yep, it uh, makes you want to tune in next time. Yeah, it makes you want to see what are they what are what are the good guys? What are the faces because this is an actual part where we know who the faces and heels are. What are the faces going to do? What they got are they going to bring in somebody else to combat this? Are we going to have some type of uh elimination steel cage match? What are we going to do here? Ooh, all right. Are we going to have, what's what the hell, are we going to have a War Games type of match? We were supposed to a long time ago until coronavirus hit, and then, remember? Yeah. Wrestling was off for a week. 
Not a great show, but to your point, Chad, you always know who the good guys and bad guys are on an AEW show. And you know who the shitty guys are. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega and the young fuck. Absolutely. In the new new. Alright, let's let's transition over to NXT and I I wasn't a big fan of the Battle Royal. I, I'm, gonna come, I'm coming right out. I wasn't a big fan. The two big women eliminated everybody until there was four or five people left. Mm-hmm. They, they eliminated each other. And then if you followed any of the storyline in the last couple of weeks, you saw who was in the ring and you're like, well, yeah. I know who's going to win this all of a sudden. And it kind of blew it for me. Yeah. Um, I still love the Battle Royal. Um, when Before it started, when uh, it was a Gonzalez was standing there, she's a big lady. Holy cow. She towered over everybody. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, there were no shenanigans, except for Casey Cotanzaro's near eliminations and everything. I uh, love that. That was pretty her. cool. I, it, it is pretty cool. She's an amazing athlete. And I was okay with it, you know. Um, but we didn't have anybody hiding under the ring, anybody running up the rampway and coming in at the end. All these women were in it to win it. Um, great action all around. You're right, Mark. The two big ladies threw everybody out till they threw themselves out. I thought it was going to come down to the two of them. But it's good that it did it because we got a little taste of it, and now we want to see more. So if they put that on a pay-per-view or whatever, whatever they put it, put it on – I'll be sure to tune in because I got a little taste of the two big ladies going at it, and I want to see more of it. Prior to this happening, Chad, real quick, I forgot to mention that Tegan Knox got taken out by Candice LeRae by having Candace. yeah by anything and everything thrown on her knee. And I, prior to us recording, I said, Chad, it's a storyline, but Chad's like, no, she's legit having MRIs and shit done that she might have tweaked her knee. Again, she might and, have torn her ACL. And she might be legit out again, so this is a way to get her off TV in case anything is hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm with John. You suck, Mark. I like the Battle Royal. I didn't know. I said I liked it. I was just upset that all the, the big women threw everybody out until the, the last four or five, and then I knew who was winning. I knew yeah. who was winning. I didn't say I hated it. I just said... I. I I would have wished Shotzi threw somebody out at the beginning, or you know, just so they sprinkled it. They, Ripley and Raquel threw everybody out until the last four. Yeah, <sighs> that's what pissed I me off. I like that you knew when Tegan wasn't in there. I knew before it even started who was gonna. You knew who was gonna win it at that point. And all I got to say about Candice LeRae, oh my God, does she not have the you know bitch factor? Of an A plus plus going on, yeah, but that turns you on a little bit. Oh well, that's besides the point. But uh-huh. she still has. Oh my god, that bitch factor. She's like, I'm good. I know it. You guys suck. That smile is so shitty. But how good is she though? When she was a super baby face, she was totally believable. Is that too? Yep. She's better as a shitty face smiler. I agree. And I don't mean it mean, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. Uh, you you uh, talked about Fandango being uh, Sherlock Holmes, and this is where we see him. This is the greatest concept in a long time. I I love this, and Regal looked like he was perplexed by it, and we get the match later 
why the fuck hasn't this been done before? This is an amazing, you have four tag teams, split them up, throw teams together, the winning team has to fight each other. This is awesome. I love this. I loved it. And the match was even better. And we'll get to it, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah I agree. This this is a really interesting concept. The only thing I will say is if this were the exception, obviously it, it's a brand new concept, but if this sort of way of deeming a number one contender were the exception, I'd enjoy it a little more. AEW tells us wins and losses matter, records matter. That's how we determine number one contenders. One of my favorite parts of WCW back in the early 90s, it was an hour show, two hours, whatever. I loved the one minute it took to go down the top ten. I, I loved it. It made it believable. NXT has a lot of, this match means there's a number one contender. We're going to put eight guys in one match, and whoever wins is number one contender. We're going to split up these four teams, and then those two teams will fight, and whoever wins is number one contender. It just makes it feel like anything else they do along their journey is meaningless. Touché. The wins and losses don't matter as much. Still a very good concept, though, and I, it was a great match. Um, was it strong? No. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll name them. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, it was you know a little bit innovative, a little different twist. Uh I liked it. Uh, Regal still, man, that dude can still act and just put on a good face because he genuinely looked like, what the fuck? Yeah, and they just walked out. And then, yeah, it, it was like, it was great. We get Champa against Atlas. I, guys, I don't have much to say about this. Champa just beat his ass. I I went to the bath. I really didn't even watch this match. I don't know. Champa as a bad guy is so much better than him as a good guy because he just looks like somebody. He looks like a He's deranged. Bi- a deranged biker dude in a back alley. What's the guy that not Dahmer, the other guy, Mason, uh, the one that Mister Level showed us all the videos in high school all the time with the helter skelter. Charles Manson. Charles yeah. Manson. Yeah. Charles. Manson. That's what, Chop- That's what Chopper reminds me of. <laughs> All right. Holy balls. What? Charles Manson. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, I, I did want to talk about this match for, for just a minute. I thought it was very good. Um, I had a feeling Champa was going to win. I, never, I really never thought he was going to lose. I have talked about how believable Stone Cold was back in the day. That even when I knew everything was out in the open and had been for years, I still hated the guy because I was such a big Bret Hart fan. That when you watch the documentary and you see him talking to Stone Cold or or working out their match, it still was unbelievable to me because I thought they hated each other. That's how believable Stone Cold was. There is nobody since Stone Cold that has made me believe in who they are more than Tommaso Ciampa. I wholeheartedly believe there's something wrong mentally with that guy. His performance is so subtle but believable. See? That to your point, Chad, I, I believe he is sick in the head. And what does what have what did we talk about when when Kamala passed away and that that we miss those guys that you're fucking scared of? 
the ones that you sit down and shut your pie hole until they're on the other side of the ring before you cock off to them. So, my, you guys are just, I just said it more bluntly, that he reminds me of Charles Manson. Everybody would be scared of Charles Manson. Yeah. My point, perfectly, you guys just made my point stronger. When he was leaving, though, did you guys think he was going to turn around and come back? With yes. all the times you look, yeah. Every time he turned around and looked back, I'm like, oh, he's coming back. Oh, God, this poor kid in the ring. And then he did it. That's what a psychopath does. He makes you think he's going to hurt you, and then maybe he does. He's brilliant. He is brilliant. Told you. Charles Manson. There you go, Mark. See? He'll probably hate the reference, and anybody else that listens to it, but yeah. All right. Now we get to the match that comes up. It's Burge and Strong uh, against uh, Mendoza and Eichner. And Eichner. Yeah. So Eichner. I say Eichner. Well, yeah, whatever. Uh, Eichner, Eichner, tomato, tomato. I think they say Eichner on TV. On the old NXT, on, on, the, on the boob tube. I love this. I really did. Birch and Strong get the win. So, you know, Era's still in the tag team division. I, I just, this was a great match. It really was. It was excellent. Um, with Strong and Birch, you had... Almost some imperfect tag team action because they're not a team. And it just seemed like they maybe, you know, a team gets a new pitcher and they say, hey, these are the signs or a new catcher, let's say. And they run through the signs quickly before the game. They may not be exactly on the same page, but they work through it. Strong and Birch gave me the sense that they had a quick meeting and said, here's what works for my team. Here's what I like. All right, cool. Here's what I like. And they somehow made it work. It was imperfect. And in that regard, it was perfect. To me, it almost seemed like they had to kind of stop themselves from being better than they were. Like, it's like, I, I think unintentionally, because they're both so good that they kind of had this, kind of had to make it look a little choppy, choppy when it could have been seamless. But holy shit, Roderick Strong, him and his attitude recently, late, yeah. re recently in that, holy balls, he's kind of he's pulling it out. You're seeing a different uh, undisputed era, as you'll see at the end. You know, Adam Cole hasn't been seen now in a couple weeks. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is going to do something at the end. It's, you know, whatever. Um, I think the Undisputed Era is going to be strong and fish, but I heard fish might actually be on the DL. Just, uh, saying that he's, that's a legit thing. He might be on the DL from something that happened. Oh. Uh, next matchup, Austin Siri against my boy, uh, Punishment Martinez, I mean Damian Priest. This was a hard-fought win for for Priest. I didn't think Theory was going to cause as much chaos for him. I thought he was going to come in, beat his ass, and then Gargano comes in and lays him out. I would have been fine with a faster match, but it was good. It was a good match. Yeah, I was okay with the match being the length it was. I know you just said, Mark, you would rather have had a quicker match. They're pumping up Austin Theory a little bit, you know, with uh, Priest saying his record doesn't necessarily indicate how good he is. So it was an opportunity for him to, 
showcase what he can do, show off a little bit. <clears throat> um, intentional or not, some of the pins were not executed perfectly by theory, um, which allowed Priest to kick out. Uh, maybe that was by design to show like, hey, this kid's got some more work to do. I love the razor's edge at the end. The only thing I want to say about this, and not even a negative thing, it's more of a question. Is Austin Theory the size of Vader, but there's something wrong with my TV? Everybody was like, the, the Glamazon, everybody at the table was like, for his size, he could move. For such a big man, look what he's doing. He's like Shawn Michaels' size. Yeah. Am I missing something? I don't know. I have no clue. I have no clue. I mean, I know I don't have very good depth perception, but some bitch didn't look, you know. He's not taller he than about twice, He looked about twice twice the size of Skylo Low and maybe 20 pounds more. <laughs> this is back-to-back weeks that you brought up Skylo Low, by the way. I've been watching some of the midget matches have been coming on the freaking video feed, on my YouTube feed. Jesus, God. All right. He did a, a standing moonsault, right? From a standing position, did a moonsault. A lot of guys do that. And Phoenix is like, for a guy that size to do something like that, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. It was pretty. But it's not like he's 400 pounds in doing that. It was pretty? It was a pretty move. Yeah. Did a flip in the air. Pretty. 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 That's what we're going to start using now on Can Crushers. Pretty. Yeah. Well, we're going to get through... On a pretty scale, what is it? Yeah. We're going to get through a match that has a handsome human being in it. Uh, and I'm not talking about Ridge Holland as uh, Al- Antonio De Luca. Uh, we might know this guy. We, we might know this guy. I'm what excited. Mambo Italiano. First of all, come on, guys. Give him props. Yeah. IWC alum, a great guy, still hanging around IWC, busted his ass and he gets an NXT show against Ridge Holland, and all we've seen of him was his ass saying Mambo Italiano getting thrown around. Yep. He did what he needed to do. I don't give two shits about yep. Ridge Holland in this match. Congratulations, Mambo. Um, I'm pulling for you, man. I really am. You did what you needed to do, and you sold us. Yep. Um, you know, I didn't know that was going to be him. I had no idea he was going to be on this show. And I see the name Antonio DeLuca, and I'm a total homer. So I thought, oh, cool. I think that's Italian. Might be Spanish. I'm not sure. And then I saw the the pants, and I'm like, that could be the Italian flag. But I think the Mexican flag may also be similar. I'm not positive. It is. And then I'm like, holy shit, that's him. Good for him. I'm really happy for him. I'm proud of him. Good. You are so bad at recognizing people. Outright fucking horrible. Like, if they would walk by you in re- on downtown of Bellevue or something, you wouldn't know that it's who it is. You know, you, there's just some people that are recognizable. He is one in IWC. Yeah. Like, Palace could walk yeah. by you, or, and you're like, I think I might have saw um, the guy that has wavy hair and purple pants at IWC. Oh, no. You were so bad. Like, as soon as it was on there, I'm like, Holy fuck, you got a match. Instantly. I didn't recognize him. Same. Instantly we tweeted. When, we were live when Britt got her shot on WWE TV. She was we on Raw. We, we, we were there. We were there. And you were there. And you still sent me a text on the other side of the arena. Is that Britt? And your son's like, 
Dad, that's Brett. Uh, let me ask Uncle yeah, Mark. He was like, how many years ago was that? He was like six or seven years old at the time. Yeah. Because we had just seen IWC. He's like, Dad, I think that's Britt Baker. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe my son's confused. I'm like, no, but that's IWC. This is WWE. He's like, oh, okay. And he's like, Dad, that's her. I'm like, Sylvan, it's not her. She wrestles for IWC. And then she did that thing like, you know, she gets like in a wrestler's position when she starts her matches. I'm like, oh, my God, I think you're right. And then you were sitting closer, so I texted you to see if that was really her. And it was. Um, it took me a while before I realized that was Mambo Italiana. Yeah, I got to say uh, big big props to the IWC meatball. You know, I'm glad that he got his uh, break. And uh, I, give him, I give him a lot of shit when I see him and everything like that. But, hey, you know, tip of the hat to you, meatball. That was a nice tip of the hat, by the way. You know, I want to talk about Rich Holland for just a second. I love do. the character. He he is an intimidating-looking man. Those shoulder checks from his rugby games looked vicious. Is he too similar to Thatcher? I know Thatcher's, like, supposed to be from the cloth of, like, a Stu Hart or Luthez or something. Got the fucker. But they're both they're both they're got, both bruisers. He killed the gnat, by the way. The gnat you know is out I mean? of the studio. Yeah. I don't think. I think there's there's enough he's a bruiser that wants a fight in Rough House where Thatcher wants to dismantle you. There's enough in between them that yeah. I think I'm alright with. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, Thatcher's like a a surgeon where he just wants to, you know, pick you apart piece by piece where Holland just wants to rip you apart. Touche. Yeah. Uh, okay. Kyle O'Reilly gets uh, the win. He's getting the title shot at TakeOver in a fantastic match. Um, I'm glad for Kyle. I really am. Uh, Adam Cole is Undisputed Era. All right, let's not pull punches here. But besides Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly has always been my favorite um, of the other three, he he really has. Uh, I like that they're going to give him a little bit of a stroke, a little bit of a push. Um, this was a good match. I, I really liked it. Absolutely agree. Um, very, very good match on a very good card, and the right guy won this match. I would like to see if he can be a main event guy for this company. I think he could. I think, I mean, they, yeah. he, he uh, is going to be, as much as I just praised him, uh, he's behind, he's behind the eight ball. Um, like you could give the, the NXT title to punishment and I think he could run with it. But then again, I think punishment is, uh, I don't want to say above the NXT title. Like he doesn't, he doesn't need that. He needs to go, uh, you know, do something else. There's some other guys, but, uh, I think O'Reilly, uh, uh, yeah, I think he could. Great match. Um, O'Reilly, you know, from his days in uh, Ring of Honor when he was just uh, just a twig. I mean, I don't want to say he was. He probably wasn't much more impressive than the Balky brothers as far as his physique and that. But now he's he's just gotten his. He's he's. Doing, doing his it. job, and he's doing it well. 
I, I'm going to go online. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would not be surprised to see him beat Finn Balor for the title. I really wouldn't. This was another interesting concept of a match, too. Have they done anything like this before? We've seen gauntlet matches where whoever wins stays. But have we seen anything where, like, every four or five minutes somebody else comes in and you can pin or submit that person? This was interesting. This was interesting, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think so. So, all right. Let's, uh, Let's go to SmackDown first because I definitely like that better. And we can talk a little bit about it. A little bit. Um, who do we want to put seven minutes on WWE as a whole? It, I'm going to hit the stop button at seven minutes. So if we just end out, once I start to stop the, the stopwatch on seven minutes, that's all I'm giving Raw and SmackDown. Seven minutes. Deal? Is that enough? Deal. Deal. Yeah. All right. So ready? Go. All right. Uh, I don't know. I, the, uh, let's talk about SmackDown and say the Uso Roman Reigns um, promo at the end was unbelievable. I love how they dug into the family a little bit. If you're thinking Jay Uso has a chance in hell of winning the match tonight, <clears throat> you're a fucking lunatic. Uh, so what do we think of that? It started out as an interesting sort of, you know, their family, but they're fighting hey, it's great, oh, we still get along, we still love each other, and it quickly turned to Roman Reigns saying, make no mistake, I'm in charge, I'm the man of this family, I'm going to kick your ass. It, 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 it took an interesting turn, I'll say that. Afa, Sika, Rikishi on there, a little bit of background, and Rikishi's like, my boy's done with this shit. He's tired of being second fiddle. This was great. Does he stand a chance? No. But this is going to be where Roman seven minutes, Chad. gets the gets the ultimate dick on him because he's gonna he's gonna do something cheap. It's going to be a multiple nut shot or something to win this match. I'm excited about the IWC Triple Threat Ladder Match uh, tonight. That will make predictions. Um, I'm upset that Sammy got the win, though, in the Triple Threat match, because that that legitimately means that he's not going to win the titles. I was hoping he would win the titles. Uh, We only got seven minutes, so. All right. I I, I was just hoping you had something to say. Sammy Guevara looks like the, who's that? uh, Sammy Zayn. Or Sammy Zayn. Sorry. Sammy Zayn looks like that, that guy, Fidel Castro. Exactly. Not that I love him, but that's what he's going for. Oh, my God, he looks like him. But anyway. Uh, Alexa and Lacey. Alexa getting the turn every time she hears the fiend. Alexa's going to snap. I love that. All right, we're going to wrap this up even faster. Alexa's still smoking, no matter Uh, what she does. Raw, I want to bitch about. Who the fuck are we supposed to root for? Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, Stephanie, Triple H, whoever's listening to this. Some jabron in the background that's an intern. The Hurt Business is the worst people on fucking Raw. Now Retribution's trying to take over Raw. Uh, you put both of them together, who the fuck are your fans supposed to root for? T-Bone, Slapass, and Mace, or the other people that don't have a goddamn got name worth of shit? T-Bone, Slapass, and Mace. I think this is just like the NWO, but Kevin Sullivan's monsters would fight them too because they were invading, I think is what they're going for. You know who you root for in this shit? The you root for Chicago PD. 
And you know why I say that? Nope. Because that's what was fucking on after Raw. Uh, how many more? <laughs> how many more times do we have to see the Street Profits against Almas and Garza? Nothing. Nothing. Shane O'Mac and uh, Daba King and uh, Daba Beto, and I'm giving it the whole seven minutes. So we got like three left. Who the fuck uh, is Daba Daba Do or whatever? What is this fucking Scooby Doo reference? I, you I, know that that um, God, I feel so much pressure. Um, the the get these hands guy, Braun. Um, Braun, you can tell that guy has never been in a fight in his life and has zero. Training. He looked like an idiot. Finally, this is what we're ending on because I don't even give a shit. No, you have one more thing to bring up. Now, that will be beyond the seven minutes, John. I'll give you what you okay, have to thank bring you. up. Yeah. I'm feeling so much pressure. Um, why are we getting a fucking Bianca Belair uh, vignette when she's been on Raw for the last three months and now we're finding out that she's the bestest, the fastest, the worstest, the loveliest? We know this. You brought her up that way. Right? We understand that. Now you... Oh, she's coming to Raw. She's been on Raw for fucking three months. Get your fucking shit right. All right. That's all, that's the seven minutes. We're done with that. John, you have a question for us that you asked if you could ask this prior. And well, we have to... We'll only spend maybe five on this as well. Because... Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. But go ahead. Bring it up to us and we'll... This is answer. the worst episode of Raw ever, by the way. The worst episode of Raw. Okay. Um... So not too long ago, I was having a conversation with a friend, a political conversation. He said to me, I, I don't get to decide what somebody else finds offensive, frightening, whatever. And I thought about that, and I guess I agreed. I identify as an Italian-American, heterosexual male. I don't know maybe what offends somebody else. I can't decide that anyway. So when Roddy Piper called... Holy shit. Bruno San Martino, a dumb walk. Your backstory is going to be when, five minutes. Go ahead. Right. But when, when, when Salvatore Belomo crashed a set of Piper's Pit and Hot Rod said, hey, I didn't order a pizza. What are you doing here? <laughs> is that offensive? Italians? Yeah, Chad's laughing. It's hilarious. Cowboy Bob Orton I'm says, sorry. We, need a, we need to have a better sense of humor. But in both of those instances, Roddy was the antagonist making ethnic jokes. Bruno and Sal weren't acting like buffoons. Guys, when Mark says email us, I would love to hear from you. And maybe we do hear from you. I don't know. I would love to hear from I would love to hear from any of our African American listeners because I want to know what you think of what our truth is doing. In WWE's defense, I gotta I have to praise them where, where they've earned it. We see the hurt business. We had stars like Booker T. You have, you know, the original Rock, Rocky Johnson, having to win over a white crowd, which is not fair. The Nation of Domination. Son, the Nation of Domination, even though that was like race related, but just guys that don't make us see color because they're so talented. And WWE's machine is behind that. And they've done away with a lot of the garbage we saw in the 80s. And that's great. But then we have our truth Is this offensive? That, that As I watch him, honestly, guys, I'm not a black man. I'm an Italian man. I'm offended by this guy. I, and I'm wondering, is he offensive? I said it off air when we kind of talked about this. I think it's degrading. 
I, I think it is. You're right. I think it's and uh, throw hate at me when the girls had to have their bikini matches and kiss my ass matches, and that was degrading for them. It really was. What our truth has to go through week in and week out to do whatever it is just it's if if Ethan was watching wrestling, I would send him to bed uh and say don't watch this this is this is this is not what it's about anymore because this is just absolutely stupid. Vince McMahon has never Vince jr let me say that has never paid the respects to African-American wrestlers that he he should have. He's, I, I don't want to say held them down, but he's not given them the same push or prop. And, you know, I, I think of The Miz, the most untalented motherfucker that there is, and he gets a, a long world title run. He gets a WrestleMania main event. Vince bows the pressure for Kofi Kingston to win the title and then has him get destroyed by Cock Lesnar in eight seconds. I Vince just has never I mean his his father was one thing. Bruno, Pedro, uh the the Samoans. His dad was more in tune. Vince, not so much. Yeah. Great points, John. Great question. And it's just pinpointing one person. It's just horrible. When, was it Sting was on a boat? Like, I don't know, he was out on a boat, and Vader planted a bomb Bomb. on the boat. You guys remember this? And the British Bulldog is running into the... It's when WCW teamed up with Baywatch, and the British Bulldog was running out to the boat to save Sting, and it exploded, and we thought they both died. And then they're there the next week. No, hey, we're fine. We got out just in time. That was so dumb. But at least it was about Sting and the Bulldog and Vader. What was he doing on the beach? He was scared of a shark that wasn't a shark. I couldn't tell what the hell was going on. He's just acting like a buffoon. All right. On that note. Buffoonness, that's not even a real word, but all right, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back, and guess what we're doing, guys? We're making predictions for the great Clash of Champions that's up tonight in a couple hours. How excited are we? Can't wait. This is the B to the C to the S to the T to the double E L E, Benjamin C. Steele, Mr. Steele of here. Nasty. Ladies, remember... None of you can be first, but a whole bunch of you can be next. You're listening to the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not, you are the worst part of society. If you are, share it with a friend, because as good as it is that you're listening, it's even better if more people listen. So do it. Welcome back, Can Crusher Nation. We got John here, who remembers everything. We got Mark here, who doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. And we got the glorious guru, myself. No, Let's, no. What are we? Are, are, we're going to do predictions for this shit show later, right? Yeah, there's there's maybe two matches that I could really give two fucks about tonight. But I'm going to have it on. I'm going to have it on my laptop, and I'm going to play video games 
on the TV. That's how I'm watching this. Bobby Lashley and Apollo Crews. Wait, 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 I have it right in front of me. No, your two matches that you're going to... Oh, no. Yeah, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. All right. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura taking on the Lucha House Party for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I'm going to write these down, by the way, too. And this is how we're going to fucking start next week's show, by telling how bad we are. So... You guys make a prediction. Uh, first of all, I can't believe I can't believe this is a, a pay-per-view match. Um, but I'll go with the champs. I'll go with Nakamura and Cesaro. Yeah, Nakamura and Cesaro, just because the uh, Lucha House Party can't get it straight which pinata they're going to be beaten down and which one of Ray Mysterio, which one of Ray Mysterio's masks they're going to be wearing this week? You're lucky there's a Mexican on the show. No, they're always coming out and beating pinatas. All right, and wearing Ray Mysterio's fucking masks. What's his name? The one that come but just come back. I don't. Kalisto. Kalisto. He had Ray Mysterio's purple mask on the one that I have. Oscar against Selena Vega. For the Raw Women's Championship. If, okay, I pick Asuka. I just want to say Zelina Vega is probably better than they let her be. Uh, I, I, I got to go with Asuka. I, I don't see them pulling the title off of her. But I think this is going to be a lot better and more competitive. I agree. Uh, I think this is a way that we, we've had a tease with Peyton Royce. Come on, guys. I think they're really going to start pushing Peyton Royce. She didn't lose to Asuka. Asuka uh, didn't beat her. Uh, I think we get a match there, so Asuka retains. Up next is, yeah, Bobby Lashley against Apollo Crews for the U.S. Championship. Again, I like... Bobby Lashley in the Hurt Business. I think he's good as part of a faction. Uh, I'm going with Bobby Lashley. Are they allowing fans in this? Not yet. Not yet? Well, then I guess I was going to pick the concession stands as being the winner during this match, but uh, (laughs) since we can't do that, I guess we'll go with Bobby Lashley. Well, we're all together so far, because I I don't see how you can switch this off with with the Hurt Business kind of being the biggest thing right now. Yeah, I, yeah you can't. But does does uh, uh, regurgitation come down and cost Lashley the match? I, I don't care. Yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, the Raw Tag Team Champion match is Street Profits against Andrade and Garza. And I... I, I oh, all right, go Jesus. ahead. I'll tell you what I think about this, so go ahead. I am pulling for Andrade and Garza, even though I think the Street Profits will win, but I'm going to go with Garza and Andrade. Um, I got to go with the Street Profits. I just, there's too much. They're setting up Andrade and Garza for a full-fledged feud, and I think this is a breaking point. John, I I completely agree. I would like Garza and Almas to win this, but if they do, that means we get this fucking match 17 more times with 17 more fucking different outcomes. So, God damn it, I hate the Street Profits as much as I hate the Young Bucks. Um, 
So they better win. Move along from this. Break up these guys right now and have a match next week. I don't care. I'm going to throw an interesting what if out there. I'm still going to go with the Street Profits. But if Andrade and Garza win this match, Vega's gone out of the picture. Do they bring back that announcer that uh, Andrade and Garza have been flirting with? The pretty short one? I can't. Do they bring the one her? From the Bachelor, or oh, I thought you meant the girl from the Bachelor. No, from the that's uh, been interviewing. They've been flirting with, and uh, Selena Vega was jealous of her and being a bitch to her. Do they bring her as their manager just I to piss that. off Vega? I hope. I don't know. Something stupid to think about. All right, yeah, that was asinine. All right, well, fuck you. If it happens, <laughs> I'm going to come down and slap you. I'll, I'll probably be hunting or something stupid. Nia Jax and Baszler against the Riot Squad. Uh, the champs. I'm going with the Riot Squad on this one. I think that uh, just because I don't like Nia, I'll throw it on her. I think she's going to do something stupid to piss Baszler off, and Baszler's going to fucking crack her a good one, and then the Riot Squad's going to win the tag belts. They're not losing yet. They're teasing the breakup. I don't think it happens yet. Um, yeah. So, Nia and Shayna. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship match, Bailey against Nikki Cross. This should be a quick one, guys. It really should be a quick one. Bailey. Nikki Cross. Are you fucking kidding me? Why? Wow. Why? Because Sasha's going to cost Bailey this match. No. It's not. They're not. No. No. You are just an Watch asshole. Watch you be right about everything. You are just an asshole. You are just an asshole. You fucking Chad. watch it. If I if that happens, I get to come down and slap you twice. I'm locking the door, and you're off the show. That's it. That's done. Fine. Oh, you're gonna do that to Miggy? He ain't gonna have any more toys. Oh, this is true. So we're poor. Uh, a match that I'm actually interested in the i the IWC Championship. No, the Intercontinental Championship between Hardy Styles and Zayn in a ladder match. This will probably be the best match of the night. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sami Zayn. I think, you know, we talked uh, about the similarities between Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, two belts, ladder match, um, and Razor won that. I think maybe they flipped the script here. What if Shawn Michaels would have won? So I'm going to say Sami Zayn. I'm going to go with Sami Zayn. I think... uh... What's going to happen is is AJ is going to feign an injury and kind of be pulled out of the out of the match, and Zayn's going to do something dastardly to Hardy, maybe punch him in the groin through the ladder or something like that. So we're all. I said I was unhappy on SmackDown when he got the win, and I didn't think, but I was still going to go with Zayn. So all of us are going with Zayn. Uh, I would be excited. Uh, I, I hope so. I, I really do. I think he adds something to SmackDown. I, he can talk. He can wrestle. I think we could still get a goddamn match between him and Daniel Bryan, which I would love. A real good old-school ROH match. Uh, next up, we have the Universal Championship match. Roman against Uso. Roman. Yeah. I think it'll be okay. It won't be... It won't be terribly good though but, but Roman Reigns wins yeah Roman yeah I 
without a doubt. Uh, he just got the title. He's not losing it yet. If Jay Uso wins this match, I will shave my eyebrows and eyelashes Whew. off if Whew. he wins the title. I'm Holy glad you. Said, I'm glad you said that. Oh. And that'll be the picture next week. Yeah. All right. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton ambulance match for the WWE Championship. Oh, God. I could not... Uh, uh, Randy Orton. I I gotta go with Lucky Charms on this one. Wow. <laughs> I... I am going Orton as well because Drew has had a nice little run. As far be it is, it's been non-fan run. Um, this is the perfect time to get it off of him. Uh, we're almost in the time of build up to WrestleMania next year. Uh, we can wrap back around. If there's fans at WrestleMania, he gets his pop again and he wins it back. It's a, it's a nice little break. He can go on and feud if Keith Lee would have something to do with this match or anybody else. So I think they're going to put the title on Keith Lee by the end of the year. By the end of the year, but I think he's going to beat Drew for the title. Ooh, I don't think it's going to be Orton. All right, because there's more interest. Ne- never in... mu- Go ahead, John. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, well, gonna... I was gonna say, never mind that uh, the, the Lucky Charms guy, the Lucky Charms mascot is Irish, and the Scottish psychopath is I don't know Scottish, uh, Irish Scottish. It ends with an ish. It's all right. Oh my god! All right. Anyway, so that's wrestling for the week. That's wrestling for the week. But before we sign off and say our goodbyes and do our uh, things to pay the bills, um. Last Sunday, I want to tell you guys kind of what I did. I showed Chad. John has not seen him, so he's legit going to get a pop when I show him via Skype. Uh, we took Ethan out to eat, uh, him and Grandma and a friend, and we went to the old uh, Red Lobster because that's where he wanted to eat. I wasn't feeling it, so I had, uh, like, just fish. I really I didn't have anything really fancy, hidey-tidy. But prior to that, we had to go to the mall to get um, – we burn – incense instead of candles in our house because they last longer. They go around the house and they, they there's so many great flavors. Nonetheless, uh, there's a new toy store in the Dubois Mall where there's always something happening. In the toy store, <laughs> they also have comic books. So I'm not a huge comic book fan, but I'm lingering around and the guy's like, what are you looking for? Uh, something from... I'm like, no, wrestling stuff. He's like, oh, man. He's like, we don't have um out. I'm like, oh, so you have some. He's like, yeah, we have about 20 of them. All right, cool. Then he looks at me. I'm like, can I see them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in W. So he's got to dig in these cardboard boxes, alphabetically stacked on top of each other from ceiling to fucking wall, uh, floor, I mean. And I finally get them down to W. So he gives me all 20 of them. He's like, you want them all? I'm like, I want to look through them. There were some extras. I, I bought 16 of them, okay? We won't name prices because the wife is happy with how much I spent. But um, these are kind of all over. But this is number one, John. It's got Andre the Giant, Roddy Piper, Ric Flair, and JYD on it. Wow. These are some good comics, too, as I'm That's showing. That's really good. Yeah. Holy cow. 
You got like a Daniel Bryan WrestleMania one. These, when you get to the caricature ones, uh, Bret Hart is on it with uh, Brock and Goldberg. You got Cena. You got they go back to the Attitude Era. These are really well done. They have um, a couple of them are kind of weird that they have an action figure on the front of it. Uh, your girl against my girl on the front of Charlotte and oh, Bailey. Nice. I mean, very th- cool. These are really cool artworks, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I bought sixteen. If yet to even like open them, they they're clearly worth somebody's because they're out of packs and stuff. But the artwork is inside is great. Um, I, they're made from Boom Studios. I don't know how old they are because I really didn't you know look. 2018 is what one of them has just flipped open. But do I have numbers on them? Fuck no. I, I don't know. But, you know, Harley races in some of them. That DiBiase. Oh, well, there's Razor right there. Oh, nice. So That is awesome. Yeah. So this was a great find. Uh, do I feel bad that the guy had to pretty much reconfigure his store? No. Not at the least. I got these and I was excited. He made a sale, so everybody wins. He made a hell of a sale. My wife is now collecting, I don't know if you guys saw, um, mini things. She works at the grocery store. She loves the grocery store life. She loves it. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're called, but they get this big-ass ball, and it un- it opens like that. Remember that thing in high school that we would play, or middle school, blue, red, green on the front, and you did it with a piece of paper? And it. Wait, and in, I thought you were going to say Simon. Simon, like, that's what I was saying. No, and inside had the numbers. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you pick a color yeah. blue. So you go B-L-U-E. Whatever you land on, you open it, and there's a message. Yeah. You're an asshole. You're in love with right. Jody. Whatever, yeah. Well, it opens kind of like that. And inside each one of these five containers is uh, a mini brand. Uh, of little things that she's going to start collecting, like a mini Mentos, uh, the Fresh Maker, or a mini Axe, or, you know, they're just little knick-knacky things that, um, they're cool. So she bought a couple of those, I bought a shit ton of those, and, uh, that was my Sunday. That was, that was, that was eventful after we did the podcast. Um, because I'm done. All my figurines, by the way, are, are in. I'm missing two because they're out of stock. Uh, Sasha? And Bret Hart are the two out of stock that they never sent me. So I needed something else to collect, so I'm going to collect old comic books, which are going to be a fuck ton more expensive than those figurines were. A little bit. So that might be the end of my comic books for a while. I have to read. <laughs> I don't know. That's about it. That's all I got. Um, two things I wanted to mention. One, very quickly, is Rey Mysterio's daughter's a cutie. She's oh. cute girl. She's yeah. 19, guys. She's not a kid. She's 19. She's a pretty girl. She is a pretty uh, girl. And I'm curious to see what happens between her and Buddy Murphy. They're going to hook up. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is the LJN book is out. It's only available, I think, so far in Australia. I got a, a message today, not from the writer himself, but from another Australian guy who said it is amazing. Um, and I said that it was really cool to, to, you know, read it on a screen while I was proofreading it. And he said, you can't compare it. And Mark, you'll understand this to having the physical item in your hand. Um, I, I, I told you that because we had a little bit of the preview when we got the, when we got put in the comic book wrestling, uh, of encyclopedic comic book 
Encyclopedia of Wrestling. Right. When we got put in that, we had a little bit of a preview of it. You know, you kind of glanced over my shoulder and saw it. I said, but well, that's it. Now that we have, you still don't because you haven't been around the studio. And uh, why would I mail it to you that you could have it? But Chad and I have our copies, and it's unfucking believable. Yeah, the, the quality, it's funny. Yeah, um, top, top notch, top of the line. Um, there'll be some copies, I guess, available stateside soon. But right now, he's he's selling in his home country and is getting pretty good reception. And uh, I think they'll be on Amazon here shortly. I'm excited for that. I really am because yeah. I did. Uh, I'm not going to throw one, but I looked into actually buying one from him, and I believe it ended up being like eighty bucks to have it pretty much sure shipped yeah. over. So when they hit Amazon, uh, we'll let you know. We'll keep an eye on that, and yeah, I definitely want a copy for sure. Who do you got? Ah, uh, just shit. Now I forgot what. Uh, two quick things. Jock Sampson, you're a pussy. You called Justin Plummer a pussy on IWC. Well, what the hell is you? You're like worm pussy. You're that low. Um, on a serious note, guys, uh, with the passing of Animal suddenly, um, and only a few weeks ago, I started, uh, talking to my sister again after a few years Stupid shit, pride, stubbornness, and we almost lost her. Uh, guys, keep your family close. Uh, talk to them. Keep in contact with them. Uh, iron things out if you have difficulty, because uh, it, if you lose them, if something happens, uh, the regret would eat you alive, and there just isn't shit worth it. Just talk, keep your family close. Uh, this made me think of this real quick, and then I'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, Big Brother ended the other night by saying, uh, it's better... Oh, shit. I'm going to blow this. If you have to choose from being correct or being nice, um, pick nice, because it'll get you farther uh, in a fight. I agree. Somehow, something like that. I knew I blew it. I, I should have wrote that down when I was watching Big Brother. But all right, hey guys, guess what? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's all at Can Crusher sixty nine. Um, we're a ways away yet from Can Crusher. Ask Can Crusher part. I think six. I don't know what the fuck part we're on. But you guys can start sending them in. It's cancrusher69 at gmail dot com. I did forget to bring this up to you guys, and I will. Um, Right after this, guys, you can also check out our website. Everything's there. Um, we usually put where we're going and some new cool last stuff that we're doing, but still because of the coronavirus, we're really not doing much, uh, but talking bullshit each week. Um, and there's my forgetfulness. I completely forgot what I was going to ask you guys. Yeah, right. why, don't, why don't we close this up? You want to start this off? Can you remember that? I don't know. Just John, you take it. Hey, he, just remember, uh, just because hey. you're trash, it doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. Yeah.